You're listening to Start Here, Finish Here, and Everything in Between. A podcast dedicated to reaching out to students and their families to explain the nuances of transferring credits from LCC to another college or university, and more importantly, demystifying some of the popular beliefs surrounding higher ed. I'm excited to introduce my guest today, Graham Burke. Graham is the Systems and Operations Manager at Lansing Community College's University Center. He has been at LCC for 19 years, which also includes working in the Information Technologies Department. Graham is a proud alumnus of three schools, Lansing Community College, where he completed his Computer and Network Security degree, Ferris State University, where he completed his Bachelor's in Business Administration, and most recently, Northwood University, where he completed his Master's of Organizational Leadership. He describes himself as an avid golfer, a barbecuer, and a do-it-yourselfer. He has been a Michigan resident his entire life and has traveled to 49 states. Welcome to the show, Graham. Thank you so much, Patty. I'm happy to be here. How are you? Good. Good. I see the LCC has an event coming up, the Transfer Fair, on March 22nd from 2 to 5. Can you explain a little bit about the fair and how it benefits the students? Yeah, we sure do. This opportunity and event is always very important to me. We work with over 25 universities and colleges that come to campus for this event. And students really have an opportunity to come and talk directly one-on-one with those representatives and talk about their future, what their future means at LCC, are they going to transfer? Are they going to look at other programs? What are they currently studying? The conversations really can go in a lot of different ways. So it's a big opportunity for our students, and we're really looking forward to it. Obviously, from your, your bio that I just read, you, you, you yourself are a transfer student. So you bring a lot to the table in terms of understanding what students go through. How important is it for students to talk directly to the school that they're transferring to? That's a great point. Even if you think you have it figured out and you have a clear direction, it's always good to keep looking at your options. Or on the flip side, if you have no idea what you really want to study or where you're at in your pathway, it's so important to talk to these people. Even if you don't know of a program that you may be interested or maybe you are interested in it, but it's important to talk to those representatives one-on-one, have those discussions, because as you have them, you will learn what you didn't know. Right. And, and you don't know what you don't know. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming the fair is a great place to sort of shop around. Who's going to be there? So right now we have just over 25 colleges and universities that have committed. I'll just name a few here that we're really excited to see everyone. But please visit our website for a full list. It's lcc.edu slash march on. That's all one word, march on. Albion will be there, Fair State, Lawrence Tech, Siena Heights, Northwood University, Saginaw Valley, University of Michigan Main Campus, University of Michigan Flint. Kettering University, there are over 25 that are committed. We hope to get that number close to 30 as we get closer to the event. Definitely check that website. Almost all of our biggest transfer partners will be there. What should students do to prepare for the day? That's a great question. I talk to a wide range of students. Sometimes they over-prepare. Sometimes they don't prepare at all. I think the most important part is just come with an open mind. If you want to bring your unofficial transcripts, that's fantastic. You don't have to. My suggestion to all students that want to explore their transfer route is write down the questions that you have trouble finding. Sure, you can Google questions over and over. You might find conflicting answers. You might find clear answers. Write those down and bring them with you. 
and ask those questions to each of the reps because they'll have different ways to help you. They're all different environments. They all have different opportunities. So I say bring the questions that you want answered and bring a notepad, write some stuff down, collect some information, get some emails, set up those appointments maybe down the road when you want to have a further discussion one-on-one or over the phone. Bring those questions, be prepared to learn, to educate yourself and keep an open mind. Being from the university center, it seems like you must deal with transfer on a daily basis. What are some of the main things that students are concerned about and things that we can sort of help mitigate? I think committing to a program is difficult because if you're at LCC, maybe you know exactly what you're studying and what you want to transfer to, but then you got to look at how your credits can work for you. One of the biggest things that students talk to me about, I hear three distinct things is, I know what I want and here's what I want to do to get there. And then they have questions on how to get there. And then I have another set of students that they may have a decent idea what they want to study. They might have a handful of credits, but they don't know what the next steps are. And then there's also a group of students that they're just exploring. They don't know exactly what program they're in, if they want to transfer at a certain amount of credits. The point I'm trying to make, this event is for all of those types of students, which I really appreciate because at the end of the day, we're here to help everybody. So if a student were to ask me, oh, I'm not sure if I should go or maybe I should just look online, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But this event truly is for every student, no matter how many credits you may have. So even a first semester student who maybe doesn't have it all figured out should attend this event. I can't remember if you mentioned that Michigan State University will also be, and you know, they're the, the number one transfer school for LCC. So for students that are planning to move on to MSU, this would be a great event to show up at. Absolutely. Even for a first year student that may just be learning the campus and learning what they need to do to transfer. Absolutely. Michigan State will be there. Uh, Multiple representatives from Michigan State will be there. So good catch. I can't believe I didn't mention that in the first list, but the list is big and definitely check that website, but Michigan State will absolutely be there. What are some everyday things that exist on campus that help students with the transfer process? There's a lot of things that students need to find out as they progress through their curriculum or program. And Fortunately, there's a lot of people along the way that can help, but they don't always get an opportunity to talk directly to that school unless they reach out, unless they make that phone call, or unless they go to the campus, which is sometimes very far away, or you know, there's, there's other obstacles in, in talking with those people. So the opportunity on campuses right now, it's good, but this event kind of bridges all those gaps. I did want to make mention that the transfer fair is in the Michigan room. So that's in the very first floor level of the Gannon building. So that event is actually running in tandem with the job fair. So same day, same time. And they will be on the second floor and through the commons area. But the transfer fair itself takes place in the Michigan room. So if you're looking for the transfer fair... Find the Michigan room. Absolutely. Uh, The new Gannon ramp is wonderful. There's so many parking spaces. If you park anywhere on that ramp for the transfer fair, then safely navigate to the first floor, either use the stairs or the elevator, go in the main doors on the first floor, and there'll be signage. There'll be directional signage everywhere. And then you basically walk right towards the Michigan room. That is where all of the transfer schools will be. And then from there, to your point, just outside of that in the learning commons upstairs in the second floor, plenty of employers on that area. But if you want to come see us, make sure to stop in the Michigan room and over 30 schools will be there. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, For more details, go to lcc.edu. And this is Patty Spagnolo signing off. Just want to remind everybody to seize the day. You've been listening to Start Here, Finish Here, and Everything in Between at Lansing Community College. Connecting you with Lansing Community College, this is LCC Connect. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. The LCC Library empowers the Lansing community to learn, teach, and discover. Located on the second and third floors of the Technology and Learning Center at the corner of Capitol and Shiawassee on LCC's downtown campus, the LCC Library's ambient spaces are available to the public for work, study, or quiet personal projects. In addition, those with memberships at collaborating libraries are free to check out materials from the LCC Library's collections. For more information, visit lcc.edu library. Domestic violence should be a concern for everyone because in this country, one in three women and one in four men will experience domestic violence in their lifetime. End Violent Encounters, also known as EVE, is a nonprofit organization that provides supportive services to victims. Some of the services available include a 24-hour crisis line, shelter, counseling, and the Ingham County Personal Protection Order Office. All of these services are free of charge, client-centered, and confidential. Eve receives thousands of calls and gives shelter to hundreds of clients per year. Ending domestic violence is a community effort, and to aid in that effort, Eve hosts healthy relationship workshops in and around the greater Lansing area. If you or someone you know of are in need of help or you would like more information, please call Eve's hotline at 517-372-5572. Again, that number is 517-372-5572. Build your skills and knowledge without giving up your independence. Summer registration opens March 28th at lcc.edu slash get started. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Welcome to the Success Scenario. I'm your host, Dustin Abrego. On the Success Scenario, we meet and hear from current LCC students. People just like you who have faced challenges, why they chose LCC, and how they turned their situation into a successful one. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Success Scenario. I'm your host, Dustin Brigo. This week, I'm joined with... Dar Pung. Good to see you. For everyone else that doesn't know you, because we've been working together for a minute, tell people a little about yourself. Is this your first time in college? Yes, this is my first college. Straight out of high school, then you came here? Yep, from Waverly to LCC. Going to college in general can be a big transition for anyone. What was that like for you? Uh, Waverly is a pretty small school. (laughs) So, I mean, it's big, but it's small. It feels small. (laughs) Gotcha. Coming here, it's like a lot of walking and a lot of schedule keeping more than Mm -hmm. usual from high school anyway. Do you work as well as being a student or? 
Yeah, I work with Balance MI skills. They mm -hmm. work with higher needs students across the state. So what do you do there? Uh, I help facilitate classes and get events together so higher needs students can get together and talk to each other. Okay, that sounds like fun, doing some social stuff like that. What are you studying? What's your current like major plan or like where are you at with that? Because this is your second year, right? Yep, this is okay. my second year. I'm going to get my general associate's degree and then go work for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I'll decide if I want to go back to school or not. Sounds great. When we first started working with each other and meeting with each other and again, coming out of high school, not 100% sure what you wanted to do and everything overall. What was that like for you when you first came in? Overwhelming, mm -hmm. to say the least. The biggest challenge was scheduling. Like from high school, you have all these people that kind of like micromanage you. And then coming to college, like not even a like a big er college, but a community college and being like, OK, make your own schedule, get to classes on time, get your own ride here. <laughs> I do agree with you of you saying that, like when I've worked with students or heck, even myself, the bell goes off, you go to this place, people tell you where to go, don't stay in the hallway, do whatever. And then we come to college or the workforce or whatever. And we're like, all right, hey, it's all on you now. Mm -hmm. All right, bye. See you later. And you're like, we didn't practice this. This was not yeah. <laughs> like, I know how to do fire drills. I know how to stand in line. Like you taught me all that stuff. But like, where's the like, I do this on my own type deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. So coming out of the pandemic, you were fully online at that point? Or what did that look like for you? So I in high school had a 504 borderline IEP for anxiety. And I thought, well, if I'm going to go to college, I'm going to be a fully online student and just try to graduate that way. And then as I got more confident in myself, I think I realized, hey, I need to do this college thing more seriously, like take myself seriously and mm. do needs that I need. Can you like elaborate a little bit more like what you said, like take yourself seriously? I think people my age kind of just do what people tell them to do. And you got to look inside yourself and be like, hey, this is what I need right now. And I think, like I said, a lot of people my age don't do that. Do you think it's maybe because they're never asked, they're scared of it? I don't have to worry about that today. I mean, for me, that was like, I'll figure that out tomorrow. And then that kept happening until I was like 24. And I was like, oh, this is my life panic. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> so was there like a certain thing for you? It wasn't my family like forcing expectations, but more like I was forcing expectations. I was first going to be an auto mechanic. And then I figured out, nope, I don't want to do that because I wasn't respecting myself. So I took a second year during high school of the career center. Mm -hmm. I regret that a lot because I could have done something way different. You regretted like trying something and being like, yeah, I like this. And you're like, oh, I was lying. I don't like that at all. Exactly. Okay. When we first met, though, were you still going down that path? The first half of the semester, I was an automotive student, but just taking my gen eds. And then I switched my major over to general associates. Mm -hmm. And then I switched it to teaching. And then last semester, I figured out, nope, I don't think I want to teach. Mm -hmm. Like, I like helping students in high school, but I think I need a team more. And that's not saying, like, high school doesn't have a team, but you're by yourself in the classroom right. with, like, 24 yeah. kids mm -hmm. or 30. So having a team of, like, you know, figuring out what works for you, what doesn't. Was it hard maybe changing your major a few different times? I feel like people either are like, hey, it's the flavor of the week. I don't care. See you later. Or they're like, 
if I change this, I can't not do something like this. I think um, people get stuck on their major. Hmm. They choose a major and then they assume they have to stay with it the whole time. I don't think that's correct. I think you got to try things out for yourself. You're younger. It's your time. Just mm-hmm. try things out before it's too late. Yeah. I totally agree with you. This is your time to be like, nope. Make mistakes. It's fine. You yeah. know, you make a mistake, you move on. Yeah. And like, you don't want to go into it and then be like, oh, wait, I hate this. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think it's really just being honest with yourself and like, Sometimes you're like, I really don't like this. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, it's the instructor. It's this. It's whatever. And it's like, do you like doing this? And it's like. Yeah, I don't think that uh, gets asked often uh, enough. It's always <laughs> someone else's fault. Okay. And then, but you really, you really just need to look inside yourself and be like, okay, is it me? Because mm-hmm. if I'm not liking this, then it could be any amount of reasons. Yeah, no, for, totally for sure. How did you go about prioritizing yourself as a student? Like you said, you're very like maybe of the high school mindset because you were coming out of high school. That makes Mm -hmm. total sense, right? And then trying to pick stuff for yourself. How did you go to prioritizing doing great like you are now? I know that you're doing well. So I actually got my family to do an online calendar on my phone. Okay. A calendar that updates real time and mm-hmm. everyone puts their stuff in, okay. including classes. I think that really helped having a calendar or like a book or something to keep track of your time. And also, like we talk about a lot, putting time for yourself because I struggle <laughs> yeah. with that a lot. What was it like before you did the calendar? Oh, it was chaos. <laughs> it literally, I'd be like, oh, do I have class today? I don't know. It's like the first week and I'm unsure. And then I would like write it down on note cards and I had mm-hmm. lost the note cards. And yeah. yeah, it was just chaos. It's only me and you in the room recording right now. But mm-hmm. like when I laugh, I wasn't laughing at you because you just stared off into the abyss. You went, that was the before time. Like that was the <laughs> way that like you treated it. And it was like, I would rather not. So now having the schedule and everything, was mm-hmm. it like it flipped a switch for you and it was all over from that point? Or was it like a slow lead up after you even started in the counter? Because you didn't just do it yourself. You went. Hey, family, which is a whole other hurdle of like life and like getting along with family. It's just the thing, right? It's family, right? So like. Yeah. So I talked to my dad and I'm like, we need a calendar that isn't on the wall because you can't look at the wall when you're, you know, (laughs) somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah, no, that makes sense. So we researched it and then found Cozy actually Mm -hmm. is the app Mm -hmm. I use. Other than just saying like, hey, we need this. Was there like pushback from family at first? Again, not looking to throw your family under the bus. That's not, <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm asking. It's just like. I'll throw them under a bus. Uh, oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> For any of the other people that do listen to this, like that's the whole point is like talking with students that like are maybe like, you know, I've tried that too. And then people were like, no, no, no. These reasons X, Y, Z. Were they resistant at first? What was it? It was actually not doing it like, oh, I just forgot to. I'm like, just do it when you think about it. And then it becomes a habit. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is making habits that stick because it takes like, I think it's like 21 or 27 days to make a habit Mm -hmm. and it takes about three days to break it. Is it only three days to break it? It's really low. Oh, that's uncomfortable. Okay. It's, (laughs) It's maybe not three days, but like really low to like get out of a habit. So at this point now... Have the family held you accountable when you sometimes oh, forget? Yes. Oh boy, how's that go? <laughs> it's um, it's kind of like 
you're looking at them and they're like, you forgot to put this in the calendar. And I'm like, oh shoot, I told you that like three months ago. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, okay, all right. We recognize that it's not your birthday because you didn't put it in the calendar. (laughs) And you're like, uh, I get a cake, right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. When I say prioritize calendar, very easy one, right? Make makes sense come to mind. How do you prioritize, I guess, yourself or yourself as a student? Because those are like two things. And we've talked Mm -hmm. about that several different times. I know this won't work for some people, but Mm -hmm. um, making sure your work schedule isn't too overwhelming. Some people need to work more hours to, you know, make ends meet. I'm fortunate enough not to be in that situation. Sure. Like I took classes on Mondays and Wednesdays and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays I can work. comes back to the schedule thing. But I think the other thing is um, as a student, recognizing that it takes a certain amount of work per day. It's like a budget of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have like three hours before work. Well, maybe yeah. you need to take half of that and do some homework and then take the other half and do something for yourself. That way you're not like overwhelmed and just working seven days a week on schoolwork and work. I think when you explain that of like, oh, well, I'll just like work for seven days and whatever. And I was like, you're going to hate this. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you choose to do something? And then that's just going to further demotivate you. This is coming from a person that like made the wrong choices many a years in college. And it is like the habit thing like you talked about, too. Like you're going to fall off sometimes and that's okay because now, you know, oh, I can also get back on going back to what you were saying about how this allotment for time. And you said, I know that I pushed this phrase on you, but like time for yourself. Can you explain to other people what that means or what that means to you, I guess. So everyone else understands. So I know we talked about it a lot because I struggled with me time. Mm -hmm. So when we first were talking, it was like, okay, how much time did you take for you? I'm like, oh, I took like 15 minutes uh, this week. And you're like, that's not enough. You know, I remember you saying that just straight up, just (laughs) snapping it out. That's not enough. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) I care about you. And that's why I was very straightforward. I'm sorry. No, I love Uh, it. I love it. Sometimes um, you just need that bluntness. How did you take that when I said that? It's a slap in the face for sure. And then you feel embarrassed, but you get over yourself. And then you, you realize, hey, maybe I need to do that. And when I'm saying that, I'm also like, I'm telling you, stop working, go do something fun for an hour. Mm -hmm. You were describing as a slap in the face, which is fair. But also I'm saying, go have fun. And you're like, how dare he? (laughs) How dare he tell me to chill out for an hour when you are doing that in the best practice? Because I don't do it the best either every day, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. things happen. You're like, oh my gosh. But when you're like doing stuff for yourself, what does it look like for you? Because it's different for every person. For me, it's The Sims. I'll set a timer, 30 minutes, and then, you know, play with the little family or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, back to reality. Okay, get back to work or whatever. But I make sure to take at least an hour a day mm-hmm. if I have the time. Yeah, of course. But try to prioritize like mm-hmm. me time. And that doesn't include basic needs. Yes. So like showering, eating, sleeping, that yeah. is not the hour. Uh-huh. That's not allowed. Uh-huh. Except if it's a bubble bath, because you know I like bubble hey, baths. Hey, hey, own it. Own <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't count. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I guess if we're like referencing like when we first started talking about this and I was like eating and sleeping required to be alive, mm-hmm. that doesn't count. And then also this, 
I imagine that just trying to wrap your head around like, I don't want to say the chaos, but like if it's not written down, it might feel like chaos. Basically, you need to fit these other things in as well, where you're just like, I can't do that. That's unattainable. That's unrealistic. When you first said it to me, it was like a shock because I, (laughs) it truly, because in high school, you're just taught to work through it Mm -hmm. and just keep going, keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. And then you crash and they're like, well, why did you crash? When you said that, it was a shock because it was like, oh, I got to take care of myself and not just basic (laughs) needs, like actual (laughs) mental needs. Yeah. I feel like this is like outing myself and like this is going to be like, well, Dar testified that like you were not a very nice person and you actually, (laughs) Um, but asking those questions because like, I probably said this before at some point of like, do you think you're worth an hour of the day? Because I think all of us, like if we do like our culture and we go like, oh, American dream and it's like, well, I burn myself out and then I go sit on a beach, but then I'm also like twitching there, non-functioning. Because I right. burned myself out so hard. I was like, that sounds awful. Like, why would I do that? Like, You're, you're fun just worrying about what work you have to do when you get back. Because it doesn't shut off. You act like right. you can suddenly have a different habit. I'm not going to like untie my shoe and then retie it in a way I've never done it before. Right. Like, I can't do that. Like, I think when we first were talking, you started and I recommend a success coach all the way through. <laughs> like success coach, <laughs> academic advisor, mm-hmm. go to them, mm-hmm. make appointments. Even if you know what you're doing with your classes or your goals, meeting with those people and actually like talking it out is so helpful. And then if there's a flaw in the plan, you catch it. I recommend it all the way. Thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for my job. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, you kept saying it over and over and over. Take you time. Take you time. Take you time it became a habit of taking me time. And then I would always be excited to report to you. <laughs> oh, look, I made a Sims family and did a challenge in the Sims for like an hour. And then I got back to work and I was so productive. And I think that's exciting to hear for you. Oh my God. Yeah. But also <laughs> it's exciting to hear for me to be succeeding at goals and then mm-hmm. like looking forward to telling people, Hey, I did that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't succeed at your goals, it's still like, Again, make mistakes and then move on. The only time you don't succeed is when you give up. Keep moving and having that momentum. And mm-hmm. like when someone is super stressed out, like, yes, it is fulfilling for me in the sense that I'm helping you maybe get over like a mental hurdle of different things because I didn't do the work. <laughs> I, I To be honest, it's going to make it sound like I didn't do anything, but I'm like, all I did was like write it out and kind of show it on a mirror. And I go, you said this. Did you say this? And you went, nope, that's not me. And I go, this is what you told me. And you go, crap. Because <laughs> uh, ultimately the end of it is you're going to graduate. Mm-hmm. Thrilled, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be super great. We're not going to work together anymore in the future. Right. And like, that's okay. But you now have all the systems and things that you can do for what you do in the future. And you know how to scale the system and do things in different ways. Like if I were to be like, oh, it was all inside you. Everything was a dream and everything. (laughs) But like you are the same person that you are now. You're still the person that I met. But I think this person was in you. Right. And maybe you didn't believe it. But like I was like, no, you can do this. And you're like, nope. And I'm like, yeah, you'll be fine. It'll be be (laughs) right. It'll be right. You're okay. It'll be fine. It'll be right. So what is something that since your time being a student that you're proud about? I wrote a really awesome paper that Professor Clower, just going to call her out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She, um, she's like, submit this to the land scholars. And I, and I won. When was this? I did the presentation uh, last week. 
I was going to say, I was like, I have not heard of this. I'm very excited. So first of all, I came here to LCC, not a good writer. And then through multiple professors, I got better. I think I peaked at writing this paper about Mary Oliver, who's my favorite poet. She's super cool. Also, she's uh, has a partner that's a woman. So it's mm-hmm. like perfect, perfect mm-hmm. gay stuff. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so I wrote about her because... My dad had just broken up with his fiance and I like really loved her a lot. So mm-hmm. like we read this poem and it's like, you could cry right now, but you also can move on and do great things. And I was like, oh yeah, I need that right now. So I wrote about her and then my professor's like, hey, could you submit this? Cause this is really good. And then I won the, the I'm one of the scholars for the land contest out of like nine so like That's it's across so awesome. community colleges across the state. So I'm really proud of that. I'm also really proud of helping my other students, like other people in mm-hmm. my class. Mm-hmm. Like my last semester, I was like the notes person in one of my classes. That but that feels good because <laughs> I showed up to almost every class and they'd be like, oh, shoot, I, I, you know, I had work this day. Can you give me the notes that day? Mm-hmm. And like helping other students out. That's that feels good. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm I'm like grinning like an idiot. I'm really happy over here for you. But like, because <laughs> when you were like, oh, I a paper and like a scholarship and stuff, I was like, you don't like writing papers. Nope. And I was like, excuse, like I'm thrilled, but I was like, who? Dart really? <laughs> like sweet. Okay, that's so cool. Like, is there like more rounds of it moving forward? Is it you're just like a scholar of this now? Or yeah. Like, how does that work? I think because I'm still talking with my professor sure. about it. I get this like award in the mail or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just fancy and I get to put it on my resume. <laughs> That's so, so cool. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I mean, everyone else like had this really scientific paper that they did. And then I <laughs> pop up and I'm like, hey, you know, Mary Oliver isn't actually a romanticism poet. And then I, <laughs> and everyone's just like, oh, because everyone else's was like, here's some proof to back that up. And I'm like, what if we did analysis? Oh, and that felt good because, like, mine was very different. But also I was freaked out because everyone else before me was like, here's some facts. And I'm freaking out over here, shaking in my boots. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. So when the teacher called you up or the instructor or whatever, you were like. Yeah, I went from shaking in my boots to standing confidently in them. So. So here's a more deep question I think we talked about. What would you tell first semester self knowing what you know now? Take in-person classes. Really? Okay. You know what? If online works better for you, that's fine. Yeah, sure. But I think you should at least have one in-person class just to try it out, just so you can have that interaction with people. Mm -hmm. Because I was a fully online student for like a year. Yeah, And it felt okay because I had like online real time, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the same. And then I had to take an in-person one Mm -hmm. and it changed my whole view. Would you, first semester, you have listened? Nope. (laughs) Absolutely not. Why not? I'm very stubborn. Oh, okay. So (laughs) you're like, I already know that. No, 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 no. (laughs) So no, I get very stubborn and set in my ways. Mm -hmm. I actually am diagnosed with OCD. So when I'm set on something, it's just Mm. over. Like, it's hard to get me to change it. And I'm really flexible now. But high school me would have. Really? Yeah. I was so set in my ways that Mm -hmm. no one could talk me out of it. And then I started getting more flexible. 
actually, I was taking classes through MRS, mm-hmm. Michigan Rehabilitation Services. Mm-hmm. One of the things they talked about was flexibility. And they basically called me out. They're like, hey, <laughs> they're like, hey, so you got to be more flexible. And I'm like, oh, OK. And I'm rocking back and forth. I'm like, no, <laughs> reality's breaking. <laughs> so then you were like, if I say no to this, then I'm not flexible. And then we're like, they got me. <laughs> they, yep. got, they, figured out. They, they figured me out. <laughs> so, no, we, I worked on it really hard. Just being like, OK, change the plans by 15 minutes, starting with that. Because, again, I have diagnosed OCD. Yeah. Doing, like, 15-minute changes in your schedule just to throw yourself off and be like, okay, it's fine. It's only 15 minutes. Yeah. That really helped. I don't remember that you... I mean, we've been working together for over a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember you sharing that with me. So, thank you for sharing mm-hmm. yeah, overall. Um, and to your point, and not minimizing in any way, but, like, I only viewed you as being set in your ways with, like coming to class in person but like i also knew that like you like a bunch of other high schoolers were like virtual for a while mm-hmm. and like pandemic and trying to be safe so like i totally understood that but like i've always viewed you as being pretty flexible and just it's a lot to I try was, to take in i was not that way for a long no? time okay okay and i'm unashamed of like my diagnosis sure of yeah, like, own it of like depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. ocd mm-hmm. and i think that's another thing like the stigma with that is so rough mm-hmm. but i think if you realize you have those things and try to not work through it but work with it mm, okay talk to me more about that so you by that you know you have one of those days where you don't want to get out of bed and you're like okay i'm gonna get out of bed in 10 minutes mm-hmm. i'll be 10 minutes late to class but at least i went to class mm-hmm. so it's, it's sort of like that mm-hmm. you know you work with it not against it, not get rid of it, just with it, because mm-hmm. you have it. It's just working with it. And you work with someone as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a therapist awesome. and a psychiatrist. Okay. So, so realizing that, you're not alone when trying to navigate these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me and my therapist go through this all the time. She's like, okay, so what can you do mm-hmm. to work with it mm-hmm. instead of against it? And that took years. Yeah, of course. Students come up with all kinds of different things when they come in. Like we all come in with like our own things we're either working through or things that even happen to us while you're being a college student. Right. Mm -hmm. And then navigating that makes total sense. And I think your advice is really spot on of like working with it, which is huge. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And then also knowing you're not alone when working through something like knowing that like, Hey, I don't a hundred percent know all these things. Like, let me talk to a professional. Makes total sense. Yeah, like I said, like you're saying, like you're not alone. Like if you have a diagnosis, especially a mental one, mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. doing it. I'm mm-hmm. you got this, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to hear that. For sure. Thank you. To end on, what would you tell others who are maybe thinking about starting, coming to community college and they're like, eh, like I'm not sure or like coming to LCC and they're like, ah, I don't know. This is not like a plug to sell the school, but like what would you tell someone that was kind of maybe on the fence about coming here or not? So I actually know someone that's kind of on the fence. So the first thing I told them was like, just try it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're over 25. So there's that program. Michigan reconnect. Yep. 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 So I'm like, just try a semester. If you, you don't like it, you can mm-hmm. just, you can go like, you can go back mm-hmm. and do what you were doing, mm-hmm. but you gotta give it a shot. When I was graduating high school, I told my parents, I was like, or my dad, I was like, I'm not going to college. 
screw mm-hmm. that. I'm not mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think I, I just like woke up one morning and I'm like, I got to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my college timer went off. I got to go. <laughs> See you guys later. So I signed up. And then like when I got accepted, I told my dad, he's like, I thought you weren't going to college. And I'm like, no, nope, I am. I am now. I'm officially an LCC student. Take that, dad. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to be college star. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so just try it out. Yeah, absolutely. That's That was my mindset. Like when I woke up, I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to try this. I was inspired by one of my instructors actually at the Wilson Talent Center mm-hmm. that used to be the Career Center. He was working full time and taking LCC classes. Really? And he's like, well, just try it. You know, Mm -hmm. even if you don't go into the automotive field, Mm because I was going for automotive at Mm -hmm. that point, he's like, just try to get your gen eds and just, just go do it Mm -hmm. and meet people and do it, do it. Yeah. Your friend that you said, like, you don't need to out their name or anything, right? Mm -hmm. Keep, keep it secret, right? Have they tried or are they going to sign up or? Uh, they're still on the fence. So they haven't yet. Okay. But we definitely talked and I was like, you should just go for it. They have the program mm-hmm. that will pay for most of it mm-hmm. and it won't cost you too much, especially mm-hmm. if you're working. Yeah. So like, just go for it. Anything you want to leave people with? Like any of the things that you've talked about? We talked about a lot of stuff today. Mm-hmm. Um, things that you're like, you know, I really want people to understand this or this is what meant a lot to me that I want people to remember. You're not alone in this starting college can be really scary because you're kind of on your own with some things. Mm -hmm. I know community college can be like a little half step towards like a whole university, Mm -hmm. but, um, even that, that half step is really scary and you just take it one day at a time and you, you just keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. You're not alone. You're not. We got, we got you. We're here for you. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks so much, Dar. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the success scenario. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime online at lccconnect.org. The success scenario is a program dedicated to inspiring students towards a path of success. I'm Dustin Abrego, and if you're a current LCC student with a great story to share or know someone with a story to share, connect with me on Twitter or at LinkedIn at Dustin Abrego, A-B-R-E-G-O. Until next time. Success starts with you. Celebrating one year of LCC Connect, visit us online at lccconnect.com and click on the Celebrate tab to find out more. We are LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Coming in March to the Black Box Stage, Lansing Community College Performing Arts presents I Knock at the Door, a play written by Sean O'Casey and adapted by Paul Shire. This play tells the story of a family being held together by a loving and strong mother while class and religious turmoil threaten to pull them apart. I Knock at the Door will be featured March 16th through the 18th. For more information, visit lcc.edu slash show info. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. 
On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it, unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. The annual job and internship fair at Lansing Community College will take place Wednesday, March 22nd at LCC's downtown campus. More than 70 employers will be in attendance to talk about job and internship opportunities. Anyone is welcome to attend, and this event is free. More information and event registration are available at lcc.edu slash jobfair. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for Stars on Sports, a podcast radio show dedicated to sharing stories about our athletic program at Lansing Community College. LCC Athletics has a strong tradition. 23 national championship wins. Over 170 All-Americans. 19 MCCAA All-Sports Trophies. Stars on Sports will introduce you to individuals that have contributed to our program's success and give you the backstory on what it takes to develop it. We'll also dive into and break down the topics and issues facing athletic departments across the nation and right here at LCC. This is Stars on Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stars on Sports. I am fortunate, as usual, to be joined by our assistant athletic director, Stephen Cutter. Today, Stephen, I'd like to talk a little bit about recruiting. At the time of this recording, I'm doing, having a lot of letter of intents across my desk and we, as we work on rosters for the 23-24 season. And just an exciting time to, to finish out this school year. But coming from the high school level, recruiting has, is probably one of the biggest differences that I've experienced. And I'm still learning about at LCC how it works, but it's an important aspect to success of our program and, you know, just getting ready and, and to discuss that. So I'd like your perspective on it, but, you know, just to give our listeners a little bit about what recruiting looks like in, in our athletic department. High school, you know, we recruit from the hallways. You know, you got kids that roam those hallways and coaches are out looking for them and trying to find the, the best student athlete that fit their team. Where at the college level, it's constant. You know, coaches are always talking about recruiting in our office. And, you know, we do a lot of recruiting locally, but, you know, we go across the country and recruit, as we'll talk about some of our demographics later of national and international students. But it's, again, as I mentioned, it's important to strategically build the rosters and our teams at LCC. And there's a lot of variables that, that go into that. Um, at Lansing Community College, we offer 108 scholarships. We have about 160 student athletes, that, though that shows that not every one of our student athletes um, receives a scholarship. Um, they're, they're worth you know, the in-district tuition at LCC. Our coaches can split them up. They can double them. There are different ways, but we have to stay within the, the allotment for LCC, which is less than the NJCA allotment, but much more than many of our MCCA counterparts. Then once we, they recruit, we, we sign the letter of intent to make it official. It can be done electronically or manually, and then they become a student athlete or a prospective student athlete at Lansing Community College. But it starts much earlier than that, doesn't it, Coach? Yeah, I, 
obviously recruiting is the lifeblood of any sport and teams are only going to be as good as the talent that, that they have on them. And uh, you really have to put a lot of time into the intention and be super intentional about who you're trying to bring into our college. Fortunately for the baseball program, we have Hayden Modaf. He's our recruiting coordinator and he's a legend at it and, and works tirelessly. And you'll find our assistant coaches and myself going to just countless prospect camps every weekend throughout the Midwest. And we're trying to find players that are a good fit for our program. Players that are a good fit for our program might not be a good fit for another program that we have here. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to bring in the best all-around student-athletes. And, and you bring up two points that I, I would like to continue to discuss. One, resources. You've done a nice job of, of allocating staff to help you with this important area. And I think that's something our department needs to look at in the future is building that recruiting experience and allocating resources to show the importance of it. And then the second thing is you mentioned one avenue of recruiting prospect. You host your own prospect camps. You, you mentioned you go to prospect camps. We have recruiting surveys online. There's recruiting services out there that student athletes sign up for. You can visit high school games, travel games. There's just many different ways nowadays, Twitter and social media sending videos to you too to develop that process. And it starts way before the student athlete senior year, obviously July 1st of their senior year is when the official process starts, but it, it's very interesting of all the different avenues that coaches have at their disposal, which is good and bad to look at recruits and see what are good fits. Um, there's also a misconception out there that you don't need to be recruited to, to get on a roster at the college level. And, and that happens. It's rare. We do have walk-ups and walk-ins that might make it, but I know some of our coaches have open gyms or open fields or, or tryouts at the beginning of the season. So there are different ways for some of those kids that might not have been recruited to still have that opportunity. But the main avenues are the, the travel and the prospect camps and the, and the videos and recruiting services. Am I correct? Absolutely. I think coaches are always looking for the, the right fits for their program. And it's you can find them in a lot of different places. Some of them you're going to find because they're going to reach out to you. Others that you'll find at prospect camps. And through it all, you know, last season we had a tryout for our team. We had a smaller roster. We had a tryout at the beginning of the season. And three of our four weekend starters for pitchers ended up coming from that tryout. So they were not recruited. We, we didn't know anything about them. They were in college here and had some hopes. And they ended up making not only making the team, but being starting pitchers for college World Series team. So it is possible. It's just, uh, it's really small percentages that can just walk on to college teams. And I would think that also speaks for the rest of our department that I think each of our teams have had one, maybe two, sometimes zero of those tryouts that student athletes become a part of the team. And those are pretty cool success stories. And some eventually earn scholarships or, you know, become part of the playing roster, as you mentioned, being starting pitchers. So a lot of different avenues, keeps our coaches busy. I, I mean, I know I get a couple interest each week, you know, a handful, not as many of the coaches do. Um, different times of the year, I'm guessing, you you know, there's an uptick in number of people reaching out to you or, or filling out our questionnaire online. I don't think it ever ends. You know, approximately a week ago on a weekend, 
myself and another one of our coaches, we're, we're here, we're up at 5 a.m., we're here at the parking garage at 6, and we're on the road to be somewhere at 8 o'clock for a prospect camp. We're there from 8 to about 10.30, and then we're back on the road back to practice because we had practice that day. And so the hours that are invested are definitely a little bit abnormal. So it's, it's not a nine to five, you know, you're, you're definitely out there at, at some weird times. Yeah. And, and you mentioned there's, you know, you do tours on campus on weekends and after hours when families can come in and make it some students take school off to come and, and visit, which is common and, and a valuable educational purpose, if you ask me, but that's not always the case that it does happen in the evening. And, you know, we had a coach that had recruits in here this weekend on Saturday giving tours. And, and that's one of the best things for us is because we feel our success rate is when we get them on our campus that we have a good chance of, of signing them because they are very impressed with our campus. Then we take them and tour our, our athletic facilities and that adds another level to what we can provide to them that maybe other colleges can't. And then the other thing that I've heard from coaches is, is our close proximity to MSU can help us in the recruiting process. So, you know, we have a lot of resources at our disposal that help us, but it's to the point of getting them on campus and, and it could be at different hours of the day, but in showing them what LCC had, the other resources. I mean, it's not just the campus is part, you know, the TLC, the, the star zone, the other buildings, you know, we got to get up to that planetarium yet. There's a lot of resources that we can show off to prospective student athletes that help sell our program, both academically and athletically. You know, when they come here, we want them to get an associate's degree. You know, most of our student athletes are, are general associate majors, but we have our share that are business and kinesiology majors. And we take them over to the HHS building and all the technology and, and beautiful classrooms in there are, and again, another cell to help get that student athlete to play sport here at LCC. Other things that on campus that I'm missing that help with recruiting? I think you talked about all the things that we have here. What we found is the most important thing is the people. And so when you're able to have the people that we have here at LCC and the coaches and the athletic department, we have a special connection. So when people show up here, they see the bright lights and the beautiful things, but then once they meet the people, that's where the, the closing actually happens. And that's just true, and that's true in any business. It's, it's, it's the people that make or break it, and we are fortunate enough to have good people here. As we mentioned, we have beautiful facilities, but they're nothing without the people that, that occupy them. You know, then, you know, the other big thing is once they get on campus and they sign and we get the LOI, signing ceremonies are becoming more popular at, at high schools and here on campus we have our share. So, and they're different, you know, path. You know, we get our share of transfer kids that are coming from other colleges that come in that might have not have worked out at another college but might be a better fit here. As you mentioned, we have 12 to 14, I think, in-district schools in our area and we have successful high school sports in our area that helps our recruiting, but... You know, we've had international students before. We have students currently from California, Las Vegas, Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio, and Indiana. But Texas, Texas, yeah. a majority, you know, are from this local area. I mean, we have we're represented by 90 high schools across the country on our rosters. 25, we have multiple high schools. Grand Ledge, Holt, Charlotte, DeWitt are the ones we have the most student athletes from, which are right here in the Lansing area. So that makes sense. But again, it's much bigger than that, much broader than that. But it does start 
locally and then branch out from there that what you experienced too yes 100 percent. you know we got our share from grand rapids area grand rapids and the chelsea milford area too is another area that seemed to do we get student athletes to come here in particular sports so it's been very interesting to me to follow and understand and i still have a lot to learn but it is so important to to the success of our program right and when we're recruiting we focus less on where they're from and more about who they are. Good point. Good point. And again, that the, you know, we've talked about this before, how athletics brings people together and how teams bring people together and how important diversity is in our society and in education and in athletics. And it's, it, it's nice to have that diversity and, and people learn from other parts, you know, students that might come from other cultures or parts of the country, it, you know, it really builds on that that educational experience too, that's integral to success of teams and their experience in bonding situations in life. So you're right, it is more about who the person is, where they're from, but it's just very interesting in recruiting of where they do come from and people might not know how vast that area right. is. And at our level, you know, we're a division two school at the NJCA, so we offer tuition and course fees. They have Division One at the NJCA, which also allows for housing scholarships. And then there's Division Three level that has no money for scholarships. So, you know, most of the colleges in the MCCAA, our conference, are Division Two. I think there's a couple that are Division Three, but the closest Division One schools are in the probably the Chicago area and farther south that offer housing. But as we talk about how far student athletes come from, housing is still a part of that and hopefully costs play into that, but with our scholarship that we offer and the money that we can help that they still would have to pay for housing and find housing in this area, which is part of that equation. And fortunately enough, our location allows for them to find adequate housing to, to live in this area. Yeah, we're very fortunate. Some colleges might only have houses because they're in a small town. We're super fortunate to be really close to Michigan State University. So the amount of housing and apartments and everything else bleeds over to the, our Lansing Community College, you know, students and student athletes. So we're extremely fortunate to have MSU right in our back door. Yes, because the housing is an even local kids. It's surprising to me how many local kids actually get housing closer to yes. campus. And again, with time management being one of the biggest issues that our student athletes face, travel time and being close to campus is probably more important or just as important to student athletes so that they can manage their time and be at practice and not have to make as many trips. But again, we can't finance housing, but it's an integral part of the recruiting process to show that in, in some colleges, especially at the community college level, have added housing to their to their campus. We're kind of landlocked and, and not a, a, an emphasis at this time. And there's other variables that play into the housing factor, but fortunately we still have housing options in this area. We've got some parking lots that aren't being used very much now that we have the Gannon ramp. So uh, who knows? There you go. See, you might be onto something and that ramp is huge. So you're right. We don't might not need those parking lots, but I got other ideas for those parking lots too. That's a, a whole nother podcast. So sounds good. Anything else on recruiting that I forgot or that we need to talk about? I don't think so. I think you kind of circled around it. It's it's really all encompassing for our programs and there's a lot to it, but it's misunderstood too uh, as well from the high school end of it and from a lot of people, parents in general, they they tend to have a lot of questions, at least the high school parents do and in a lot of ways they don't necessarily get those answers until they come on a recruiting visit. So 
we're trying to do a better job overall just educating parents and, and incoming parents and things like that. And that's a great point because being at the high school level, we got a lot of questions on recruiting, how early to start, whose responsibility is it? We've talked about being contacted by parents or being contacted by student athletes, what's more beneficial or valuable. And so, yeah, there's, I still think even though it, it's grown significantly and it's a big business in college athletics across the country, we've talked about these recruiting services that student athletes pay a lot of money to be a part of. There's still a lot of information out there that could help student athletes be more successful in the process. And even at LCC, I'm still learning how important it is and how, how much coaches are involved in it. And I still, when I think of recruiting, I think of all the hours of, you know, the games that night, the, the camps on the weekend that our coaches are always attending and, and the travel that's involved that, that many people don't understand how much, of the, how much time it takes as part of their season schedule to, to be successful at recruiting. And I think the last piece on recruiting is the reality that most high school kids when they're a freshman or a sophomore in high school, really do not have any intention on coming to LCC to play a sport. They have bigger dreams. They're thinking they want to go to an NCAA institution. And so we're not necessarily their first choice, but as they get a little bit older and they might not have the opportunities in baseball, the transfer portal has changed everything in recruiting. And that could be a whole nother podcast in itself. So with the mix of things like the transfer portal, it's changed the recruiting. So now we're, we have more opportunities with kids at, at a few younger ages because they're just seeing how difficult it is. And that's a good point, too, in the sense that even their senior year, it's pretty fluid on maybe they think they were going somewhere and, you know, maybe some you know, college over offered or it's not the coach changes. And so even as we head into the summer of the that following fall, we are getting changes in our rosters and LOI process. So it, it is a very fluid process. And fortunately, we have a lot to offer here. And at the NJCA level, it's, it's about opportunity. You know, we have some very talented student athletes that might have had some different variables to their their resume that provided this opportunity for them. But it is a very fluid process. And even though when that LOI is signed, it's official that doesn't always mean it's final. You're right. Something we could spend many podcasts on with the transfer portal or, or the specific LOI process, but it's definitely something we have to do better in helping our prospective student athletes um, understand that process better. For sure. Well, that's all I had today. A, a great conversation on recruiting and, you know, we'll continue to discuss other topics that are impacting our athletic department. So, Thank you, everyone, for enjoining us. Until next time, you can check us out on lccstars.com for more Stars on Sports. Go Stars! Stars on Sports is recorded live at the WLNZ Studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Didalian Lowry. You can listen to this episode and other episodes of Stars on Sports on demand at lccconnect.org. To find more information about our athletic program, visit lccstars.com. Thanks for listening. Go Go Stars! This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, 
vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.